Today's episode of Inside Gaming Daily is brought to you by Manscaped. Get 20% off with the code INSIDE at manscaped.com. Hey everybody, welcome back to Inside Gaming Daily for Wednesday. It's Wednesday, Hump Wednesday, from up here, making sure you see it. I'm not even talking <laughs> to the mic, ha! All right, I stared directly at your penis for a solid uh, And I like to seconds. think it stares back. <laughs> Pokemon Sword and Shield is almost here. It releases Friday, and it's safe to say that this is one of the most controversial Pokemon games in years, maybe ever? Good heavens, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fans online have been upset that for the first time, not all Pokemon will be included in this Pokemon oh. game. And there are other controversies too about whether these are actually new character models or just just upscaled versions from the 3DS games a few years back. <laughs> what was that noise? That's me being disgusted. Oh, okay. That's a I've already noise. sent five death threats. We'll get to those arguments later, but let's see what critics thought about the first mainline Pokemon game to arrive on a traditional console. The reviews are in, right, Brian? They are in, and Sword and Shield are currently sitting at an 81 on Metacritic. <laughs> that's not a bad score by any means. That's in the 80s, that's A-OK, -okay, but that would make it the lowest rated mainline game since Black and White 2 back in 2012. So Ooh. it is a little bit of a dip. The other two most recent ones, Sun and Moon and X and Y, both got 87s on Metacritic, just, just for some comparison. The lowest rated Pokemon game in seven years, Pokemon is dead. <laughs> Should have had a national deck. She all deserve this. I'm ready for it to go, man. I'm this ready to get so hammered long. and give a distasteful eulogy. Go sit down, go sit down for a little bit. She was a so these reviews are lower, maybe by just a few points, but overall they're still pretty positive, despite all the online rancor. But some fans have a theory about that as well as to why they are so positive, which we'll get to eventually. Yeah, so what did critics actually say about Sword and Shield? Well, IGN loved it, giving it a 9.3 out of 10. Holy shit. And said, Sword and Shield are the best games in the series, streamlining its most tedious traditions without losing any of the charm. How bold of IGN to give another above nine <laughs> review. 9.3. <laughs> This game sucks. Yeah, they praised the number of quality of life improvements, like the option to finally skip tutorials, as well as much better travel options like the Rotom bike and Corby Knight taxi. Huh. Hope I said those things. Those right. are normal things that we all know about. <laughs> and they've gotten rid of random encounters in the wild in favor of letting you actually see Pokemon wandering around, similar to what they did in the Let's Go games. I actually really enjoy that about Pokemon Let's Go because you're not constantly running into random stuff. Having to backtrack in the old uh, Pokemon games was so tedious. So it's like, annoying. Well, here I go, walking through grass again. Yeah. It's gonna be great. And it's like, Zubat! <laughs> There's also experience candy now. Thank you, Autumn. Which makes grinding easier and you can access Edibles. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, Brian, do you get really high on edibles and then grind it out? That's the only way I can play Pokemon. <laughs> and you can access your PC box from the field without going to a Pokemon Center, another feature that was introduced in the Let's Go games. That makes sense. Yeah, uh, what did IGN write about that, Brian? Well, they wrote that the way they respect my time is wonderful, and the removal of monotony from random encounters and other odds and ends distills it down to only the pure and charming fun of capturing training and battling wonderful creature. 9.3 out of 10, not enough water. GameSpot also liked it with a 9 out of 10, saying Sword and Shield cut out the blow and focus on what makes these pillars of the Pokemon game so captivating in the first place. You're not held back by overly complicated backend systems or hoops to jump through. Yeah, it sounds like the Let's Go game. I like how they act like Pokemon games used to be like doing calculus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that hard. I actually did get in trouble in a calculus class for playing Pokemon on my DS under the desk. He's got glasses, so you probably already know enough calculus. <laughs>
They also loved the new wild area, which is an open area that's filled with a variety of Pokemon of all levels, which means that you can catch a wide variety of Pokemon early on in the game. GameSpot called it the show-stopping feature of this generation. They also liked the new Max Raids, where you and three other people or NPCs take on a giant Pokemon at certain locations in the wild area. A Max Raids. I've been catching Pokemon for 44 years. <laughs> He's got giant neck veins. He's just like completely wrong. <laughs> Max, you gotta come back. Isis is resurgent. Uh, Ars Technica was more lukewarm, calling Sword and Shield good-looking Pokemon games with a solid story mode and some welcome changes to the mechanics. Yeah, but I added that for longtime players, what's missing is probably going to overshadow everything that's here. Yeah, VG247 called them, quote, a bit disappointing and in some places actually feels a little unfinished, but it also fully provides that warm, fuzzy feeling that one expects from the series. And Eurogamer might have had the most stinging criticism, calling it a shadow of a former great. <sighs> Man. In particular, they said the wild area is desperately flat and its novelty wears off quickly. They wrote, quote, Pokemon Sword and Shield project a sense of scale and ambition far beyond any previous ones in the series, but to take it back to those gargantuan new Dynamax forms, the size is merely a shadow, a shallow projection in place of the real thing. Oh Got him. So Brian, there's been drama building up, right? Yeah, there has been a ton of drama building up to the release of this game. A lot of complaints that some fans have, we will hit the major ones. All right, but Brian, before we get our hands hands dirty with a good old internet uproar, let's talk about getting our hands dirty in another way. That's right, pubes. <laughs> I never cut mine. Hey fellas, the holidays are almost here and it's about to be jingle balls to the jingle walls. So listen up, untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. That's right, you heard it here first. We're not not trimming them anymore. We're trimming them, it's, that's what I'm saying. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I'm talking about Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. We've all, you know, hurt the boys doing various high octane, high adrenaline activities like windsurfing, rock climbing, marathon running, and you know, the like. I mean, that's the only way I've heard it, never just sitting down <laughs> with a bowl of pasta and then spilling the pasta on myself and curling up into a ball. That's why this revolutionary company, Manscaped, has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary advanced skin safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. <laughs> it's also waterproof so you can use it in the shower or in the swimming portion of a triathlon where you're not hurting your balls. The Lawnmower 2 comes inside their Perfect Package 2.0, which makes for the perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut, free, and smelling nice down there. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls, because that's nasty. The Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, still funny, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You wouldn't want dry balls. You already put deodorant on your armpits, why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? That's right the ball and its sack. Speaking of sweaty and stinky balls, I'm thankful for their Crop Reviver. This product, along with the Crop Preserver, keeps your balls from sweating, smelling, and sticking. All these products smell good. Their manly scent is attractive and it will help set the mood, if you know what I mean, for training so you don't hurt yourself. The perfect package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxer briefs that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to Manscaped's high-performance anti-chafing boxer briefs. Tis the season to Manscaped, so get yourself, your dad, your brother, your cousin, your uncle, and your neighbor that works at the bodega, and friends, the best gift of all, the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code INSIDE at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you, and we thank you as well. Ha ha ha! The biggest issue is that Sword and Shield will be the first Pokemon game that won't include all the Pokemon in previous games. 
Yeah, Sword and Shield have about 400 Pokemon, which means that about half of Legacy Pokemon were left out. There's no Bulbasaur. Yeah, no Blastoise either. No. How can you have a Pokemon game without Blastoise? But is there Squirtle? No, dude. See, you're converted. Welcome to the revolution. Let's go. This has caused a furor online and led to some fans to start a Dexit campaign. Shut up. Meaning they won't buy Sword and Shield. What did Game Freak producers say, Brian? Yeah, Junichi Masuda has been asked about the missing legacy Pokemon in various interviews. He told US Gamer that the sheer number of old Pokemon, which is over 800, was just getting too unwieldy. He said that Sword and Shield uh, would get rid of some, but they would have much higher fidelity with higher quality animations. Now remember those phrases, those those become important later on. Masuda added, we knew at some point we weren't going to be able to and definitely keep supporting all of the Pokemon. And we just found that Sword and Shield would probably be a good point to go back and reevaluate what would be the best selection of Pokemon. Oh my God, out of comma in there, man. That appeals to the widest audience while keeping into consideration the balance of the battle system. It's like the opposite of Smash Ultimate. We're <laughs> gonna have everybody. In this DLC, we will be taking away 50 more Pokemon. <laughs> in another interview with Polygon, he replied that, quote, at some point we need to be able to prioritize new gameplay ideas. He added, we need to be able to find a way to balance the right number of Pokemon and also still introduce new ways for players to enjoy the game. New gameplay ideas to keep the series fresh and enjoyable into the future. Uh, so that was a damn lie, right, mm. Brian? He's cutting down on Pokemon immigration. Don't come in from the Johto region. <laughs> Make Kanto great again. The graphics on Sword and Shield have also been controversial, with some people claiming that they've just upscaled versions of Sun and Moon for the 3DS. Oh man, yeah, and if they're, especially if they're hitting that super hard, that like the graphics are why they're cutting back on Pokemon, oh, that's not gonna go over well. Yeah, some people who claim to have data mined the games have posted their findings online, and the models do look pretty close to the 3DS versions. That's despite Game Freak previously saying that they redid all the animations and models from the ground up. Eee, that's not good. So yeah, that does seem to contradict Masuda's earlier statements about higher fidelity and higher quality animations. So this is the biggest graphics controversy we've seen since Puddlegate and Spider-Man. Puddlegate! Oh my god, I'm back in 2018. Those were the days. Yeah, this has led to some outcries online, right, Brian? Oh yeah, uh, there have been boycott campaigns, dueling Twitter hashtags even. There was uh, Game Freak Lied uh -huh. trended, but then a few days ago there was Thank You Game Freak for huh. the more supportive fans. Dude. So uh, okay. much like the rest of the country, Pokemon fans are divided. It's almost like there's a lot of people in the world and they all have different opinions. I refuse to accept that because <laughs> some people's opinions are wrong. And <laughs> some have made whole lists of grievances while others wondered why another recent Switch game, Dragon Quest XI, could release with more content compared to other versions, while Sword and Shield seemed to be cutting features and Pokemon from previous games. Hell yeah, Dragon Quest XI, better than Pokemon, it's official. Wow, Brian's, Brian's getting a big head. Yeah. His head is huge today. As for their views on Pokemon Sword and Shield, some fans have a theory about why they're relatively good. And this is because the reviewers have likely only played the campaign and not any of the post-game or the surrounding content, which a lot of fans are concerned won't be as robust as previous Pokemon mainline games. So they're basically saying that 
The main campaign of this game is actually pretty good. So it makes sense that the reviewers are only playing that and kind of ignoring the surrounding stuff that the reviews would be overall pretty positive. Yeah, over on the Pokemon subreddit, user thepotato007 wrote that, quote, it's very likely that the reviews of this game are going to be good. You gotta remember that reviewers really only review the campaign with some touching on post-game stuff, which is what I think the majority of us are most concerned about. New rule, you have to put 500 hours into any Pokemon game before you can truly review it. At least. All right, Brian, but will any of this actually affect games that's a good question, Autumn, because historically, Pokemon has been a massive bestseller. Ever since Red and Blue came out in 1996, the series has sold more than 300 million copies over the years. Sun and Moon sold over 16 million after all the, the hype about Pokemon Go. Uh, people got interested in buying Sun and Moon. Pokemon's basically a guaranteed hit every single time. It's been one of the driving forces behind every Nintendo handheld system. So it's, it's huge. It's a cornerstone franchise for Nintendo. Nintendo is also hoping that Sword and Shield will sell some Switches this holiday season to some fans who might have been sitting on the sidelines. Yeah, and so far the early indicators are already looking good for Sword and Shield. According to Amazon, Sword and Shield are already the top two selling Switch games in the US. Yeah, it's not surprising to me. So if history is any indicator, all of this internet outrage won't mean much to the casual fan? Yeah, I mean, people just threatened to boycott Borderlands 3 because of the whole Epic Game Store exclusivity huh. controversy. Uh, it sold 5 million copies in its first five days, so hmm. it did fine. Oh, it's almost like that grassroots movement didn't work. Are you coming for my man, Bernie Sanders, right now? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to Are we going to fight? <laughs> <laughs> but some franchises have dropped off in quality over the years and paid the price. Just look at all the backlash to WWE 2K20, which launched as a buggy, glitchy mess, which we had a delight covering on this very channel. Man, that was a great day. Um, as for Pokemon, it has an extremely hardcore base of players, as all these controversies have shown, but it also has a huge casual audience too who are gonna buy every game. Probably a lot of people who are buying this game are parents buying it for their children. Oh, yeah. And uh, usually parents aren't crawl in the Reddit threads uh, to see what they should be outraged about. Uh-oh. Oh, whoop. right when I needed him. He's that always weirds me back. Brian, as a parent, when you're buying games for your children, do you like to go through the Reddit controversial threads and pick out what you should be upset about? Absolutely, and if too many people are upset about it, they don't get it. Brian, when your kids were born, did you post a picture to social media with them next to a controller oh and say like, our little gamer, oh, player three player. has entered. <laughs> I'm not that bad. Which GameStop did you get married in again? <laughs> So the general audience might be bummed if an old favorite isn't there, R.I.P. Blastoise, death to a real one. But at the end of the day, that's probably not a deal breaker for most Pokemon fans. Yeah, then again, if sales drop dramatically, maybe this will be a sign to Game Freak that they've pushed their core fans too far, and that's really the only thing that is gonna make them realize that, because it's a big-ass company, and they care about money oh, only. really? Yeah. Brian, make a capitalism joke, quick. It's the worst. Ah, uh, he did it. You know what Game Freak should have done is made half of each uh, Pokedex available on each version, mm -hmm. turn the gamers against each other, <laughs> create a gamer civil war. You know what I think Game Freak should have done? What? I don't know where I'm going with that. 